It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is October 12th, 2020. My name is Phil Brossman. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at PhilipRR underscore OMB. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll talk about Game 6 of the NBA Finals as the Los Angeles Lakers lift the Larry O'Brien Trophy and end the NBA's bubble experiment. We'll also talk a little bit about Dwight Howard and what it means for him to come full circle here in Orlando and look ahead to what is looking like a very uncertain 2021 season as the 2020 season finally comes to an end. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. We're searching for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, this podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only find from a local expert who knows their team best. Want to revel in the celebration? Check out Locked On Lakers. Want to mope with the losers, with the vanquished? Check out Locked On Heat. Plus, check out Locked On NBA for great national perspectives as well. No matter who your team is, whether it's in the NBA, NFL, NHL, MLB, or College 2, there's a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for every download podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. The one thing that I hate about closeout games, at least closeout games and series that feel a little a little lopsided, is that... By the time you get to Game 5, Game 6, you could tell how how worn the body is, especially this deep into the playoffs, how just beat up everyone is. And unfortunately, that means in games like this, even with teams that are full of effort and energy and, and full of belief, that the rope just ultimately gets let go. It's moving too fast. It's it, there, there. There just isn't the reserve to bring to reel everything back in. It, it it sucks immeasurably that a this is how the NBA season ends, and b this is how the Miami Heat season ends, with the Lakers leading by as much as thirty six in a wire to wire victory, a, a dominant defensive performance in the second quarter, especially a thirty six sixteen second quarter, and just a Complete masterclass from LeBron James. The Lakers are worthy champions. They were the favorites at the start of the season. It is no surprise that they are the champions. And while I know I sat here and said, I did not think that this was a particularly strong Lakers team among the pantheon of Lakers teams. That is, frankly, for history to decide and debate. But 
The reality is a champion is only a champion of that season, and the Lakers are a worthy champion of this season, bubble or not. And especially because of the bubble, surviving the bubble, the Lakers are certainly a worthy, worthy champion. But it, 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 it pains me that the game ended in the blowout that it did. Um, but I, we've seen it all too much. I, I've often sat here and compared this final series to the 2009 final series at the Magic Ren because it's a frame of reference for us here on the show. And Game 4 was gutting for the Magic in that series. Um, you know, they blew the lead. They gave up the three to Derek Fisher, went to overtime, gave up another three to Derek Fisher's. Dwight Howard missing those four free throws in regulation. It was a gutting loss. Absolutely gutting loss. And it was going to be hard for them to recover emotionally in Game 5. And that, 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 that game really showed that to, the 2009 team's immaturity um, and just inexperience on that stage. And, and I do think that the Magic, in that season, just weren't ready for the stage, especially facing Kobe. Uh, I, I, I kind of argued earlier in the, in the, in the, or during the, the hiatus uh, when I talked with Adam Morris of Locked On Nuggets, uh, that, that I do think that if the Magic had played the Nuggets, they would have fared a lot better. And I think we came to the agreement that, that the Magic Nuggets series would have been a really competitive series. I think I ultimately said, uh, you, you know, either Nuggets in six or Magic in seven, but, you know, so, something to that effect. But, but that's neither here nor there. That stage is bigger, and when the Lakers are on it, it's even bigger. And the Heat, I think, looked overwhelmed in game one by it. Um, certainly the injuries played a factor, and then Jimmy Butler stepped up and had an incredible series. But in, in this game six, you know, we all saw the image of him walking away from his post-game press conference after another incredible game five. Uh, and, you know, we all, we all, I mean, a lot of us joke like, yep, yeah, we've all been there. I mean, yes, we haven't played 46 minutes in an NBA game, but after going, you know, uh, us weekend warriors, after going up and down the court for four games on uh, four games and pick up, you know we're 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 hobbling around like like we just went through went through war two. <laughs> um, Hoopers, people who play basketball know exactly how Jimmy Butler was feeling there to some extent, at least to some extent. We all can relate to that to that to that feeling of gingerness. Um, but it's also telling of just how physically draining these games are and, and the intensity of these games. And and you know, as we watch this series. I, I felt like the Heat were always chasing. You know, I think I think as as I've begun to break down playoff series a little bit more intensely with, with the Magic certainly in them, it's always it always feels like there's a team that's leading and a team that's chasing, and and the goal is not to be the team that's chasing. It's not to be the team that has to do more to win the series or 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 or, or a team with the large with the larger margin of error. The Lakers lost their two games very very close, and 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 the Heat seemed to have to do everything perfect. They needed Jimmy Butler to deliver 48-minute triple-doubles. They needed Duncan Robinson to hit ridiculous shots. They needed, like, five, you know, like, I have to say this about the Magic. For the Magic to win games at a high level, this Magic team, to win games at a high level, they have, like, five or six things they need to do, and they probably have to do four or five of them to win games against quality opponents. Whereas, you know, when they were facing the Milwaukee Bucks, the Bucks probably have five or six things they need to do, but to beat a team like the Magic, they probably only need to do two or three. You know, that first round series, the Magic were chasing. The Magic had a perfect effort in game one, caught Milwaukee by surprise and won that game. Game four, the Magic had a really strong effort. They let go or, or they, they had a dip for, what, six minutes? And the game was over. The Bucks only had to win those six, had to stay in contact and win those six minutes to win that game. 
And again, that's an issue that the Magic will have to solve moving forward. But in this series, the Heat had that issue too. They had five or six things they needed to do to beat the Lakers, and they had to do four or five of them every single night to, to, to be able to compete and win. And, you know, the Heat are a great team. They did those four or five things on most nights against this Lakers team. The Heat have nothing to be ashamed for in this series. I, I think I said Lakers in a soft six. You know, I, I, I thought the Heat were going to be able to get a couple games and, and catch them by surprise, but I never thought the Lakers were in danger of losing the series. Um, you know, certainly the Heat could have won game six, and, 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 and they, they proved capable of doing so, but the Lakers were just too good. Um, and, and this whole talk about how much a final series wears on you really should just get us to how brilliant LeBron James was. 28 points in 41 minutes, 13 for 20 shooting, 14 rebounds, 10 assists, just one turnover. LeBron was the unanimous MVP, and deservedly so. He had another masterful finals, final series, his 10th finals of his career, which is just incredible. He's been to nine of the last 10 NBA finals. We have not seen a stretch like that since Bill Russell. Uh, and I know people want to compare him to, to Michael Jordan, and you know we can have that debate another day, probably not on this podcast. But I, I want people to understand how historically dominant LeBron James as an individual has been. The NBA has not seen anyone do this since Jordan and since Russell. Russell went won eight straight titles. I believe they went to 10 of 11 finals uh, with the Celtics. Uh, Jordan, of course, went to six of eight, won six of eight championships in the 90s, missing two years because he was playing baseball. And one year, the Magic beat him. So there you go. This was just another... LeBron was not going to let this Lakers team lose, um, and, and he played just a masterful performance. Um, you know, I, I don't think missing the, or making the pass in Game 5 was the wrong decision. Uh, I think he made the right decision. It was not a great pass, and I think Danny Green could have, could have, you know, I think Danny Green even admitted he should have probably, he probably had more time than he thought, which again, the pressure of the finals is a real deal, real thing, even for guys who've experienced it. Um, but LeBron was just, was just superb the entire series. And, and I don't think there's there's anything anyone can do to really stop him uh, when, when he's locked in like this. Um, and, and that's just a testament to his greatness and to how good he is as as a player uh, in this league and, and, and how dominant he is. So the Los Angeles Lakers are your NBA champions. And like I said, deserving champions at that. It was a heck of a season and a heck of a run for really everyone involved. Uh, the fact that the NBA got through this bubble with zero new positive tests is incredible. Um, you know, I, I mentioned online that, you know, Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, Chris Paul, the whole Disney, all the Disney cast members that worked at the hotels, the Grand Destino, the Grand Floridian, uh, and the uh, and the Yacht Club all deserve a ton of respect and gratitude. You know, Russell Westbrook reportedly left a very large tip. I'm sure other players also left significant tips for them. And of course, uh, with what's going on here in Central Florida, with you know the trap, with the tourism economy completely decimated by the pandemic, and Disney furloughing and laying off workers, Universal as well, laying off workers, um, it's it's a tough time in Orlando right now, and and the NBA bubble certainly kept a few jobs open uh, a little bit longer than than you know probably probably would have been otherwise. Um, which, you know, I'm, all those families, I'm sure, are very thankful for that. Um, and, and so, you know, the, the NBA did an incredible thing and, and, and deserves our respect and, and admiration and, and gratitude for doing this as well, as, as do all the players who sacrificed a lot 
to get this season done and deliver us an NBA champion and deliver us a fantastic and fun playoffs at that. We're going to talk about the future of the NBA and what lies in store coming up in just a moment, but I do want to give a special, uh, some special thoughts on one player in particular who finally won his championship in Orlando. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. So over the past year, I I have been thinking a lot about one moment in particular. And of course, that moment came back into stark relief after the Lakers won the championship uh, on Sunday night. Following the 2009 Finals, Game 5 at, at the Amway Arena, with Kobe Bryant jumping and celebrating and leaping into Pau Gasol's arms and, and celebrating uh, his first championship without Shaquille O'Neal, a championship that truly felt like it was his, a truly monumental and historic championship that, yes, the Magic were a part of. Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson were sitting on the bench, watching. They were trying to soak in the moment, feel that hurt and feel that pain to motivate them through the offseason. Thinking full well, we will be back here. This is not the end of our story. This is the beginning of our story. And we will be celebrating a championship on our floor in our town sometime in the near future. It's with everything that happened since 2009, it's it's easy to forget how hopeful and how close the championship really was for Orlando back then. This team wasn't supposed to be in the finals. They upset the Celtics. They upset the Cavaliers. Again, I'll I'll fully admit, if the Celtics had Kevin Garnett in that series, the Magic do not get out of that second round. This was a team that made it to the finals on seeming bravado as, as a defiant statement against the rest of the league. You think our superstar can't have fun and win? We'll show you. You want to anoint LeBron the king? You want him to play Kobe in the finals? We'll show you. The ghosts of the Boston Garden... We shut that place down, and we'll shut it again. Oh, okay. Maybe, maybe I was saying that last one, but certainly the Magic in 2009 were a surprise that no one expected. And now that they had tasted a little bit of the mountaintop, the whole organization, frankly, they expected to be back there again, and it's still kind of a mindset that I think is in the back of every every Magic fan and certainly everyone in the Magic front office's head. They want to get back to that spot. Because the plain fact of the matter is, while Jameer Nelson and Dwight Howard sat there watching the Lakers celebrate their championship, watching Kobe and, and Pau Gasol and Lamar Odom and Trevor Reza celebrate that championship, the Magic believed they would be back. That's not, of course, how history was written. That's not how things went. The Magic came back in 2010, you know, despite all the changes they made to their roster, as a better team, as a more seasoned, more veteran, more experienced, more prepared to win that title. 
And who knows, if they made the 2010 Finals, maybe they would have beaten the Lakers. That was a tough Lakers team for sure. But the Celtics stood in their way, and the Celtics had just a little bit more, winning close games one and two, taking a 3-0 series lead, and the Magic having to scramble just to get that series to six. And like this game six, the Magic emptied a lot of bullets from their chamber in game five as they were trying to chase that series, and game six turned into a, a blowout. The Magic's championship window closed very, very quickly. And Dwight Howard and Jameer Nelson were, frankly, left on that bench waiting for their championship opportunity because it would never come and certainly wouldn't come together. Focus on Howard here because he has come full circle now. Howard won a championship now in Orlando. He got to experience how much of a celebration it is to reach the mountaintop. He got to be the man, not the man, but he got to be the one holding the Larry O'Brien trophy. And you could see in the video that he posted on his Instagram that was later shared on Twitter how impossible the dream felt for him. How through the Dwight mare and the back injury and, you know, falling, sort of falling out with Kobe while in his year with the Lakers to struggling to learn how to share the ball and accept a, accept a different role with the Houston Rockets uh, with James Harden, to struggling to find his place in the league again, moving from the, the Hawks to the Hornets to the Wizards, and nearly being out of the league, being humbled, and then coming back to the Lakers and playing his role perfectly as a defender, as a shot blocker, as an irritant. This finals wasn't his finals. The, the Laker, the Heat, just too mobile for him at this point. And, the, and he ended up playing only garbage minutes, making a three at the end to, to put an icing on the cake, the three that he didn't make at the end of the 2009 Eastern Conference Finals. <laughs> but he was still part of the team. He was still a, a key part of that Lakers team. And he finally had his has his championship. He finally has his place on the mountaintop. Magic fans are undoubtedly conflicted about this. He promised so much, both with his talent and his words, to this city. He said he always wanted to deliver a championship to Orlando, and he came closer than any Magic player before him. And for whatever reason, for both mismanagement, for both his ego, for both everything that went down here, he was unable to do so. And Magic fans are still not sure how to feel about it. As I often tell people, time will forgive all wounds. And, and time probably has not healed all the wounds that Howard put on this team. And Howard, like Shaq before him, sometimes tends to open them back up unnecessarily. Especially when it feels like everyone has moved on. The Magic are back in the playoffs. They're not championship contenders yet. But they're back in the playoffs. They're, they're back to competing again. They've, they've, they've found their way out of the woods. That happens after you trade a Hall of Fame player. Dwight Howard is indeed a Hall of Fame player. But there's still a little bit of... A little bit of bitterness, I would say. It's, it, the relationship is not healed between Howard and, and Magic fans. It'll get there. But it's not there yet. And Howard certainly doesn't do his part sometimes. But for Dwight Howard, for him individually, this, this is 
him coming full circle. This is him realizing a dream that he has worked his entire life for, that he came so close to achieving before and never thought he would be able to achieve. So much goes into a championship. It's not that easy. It's not meant to be easy. It's not you snap your it's not you snap your fingers. You draft a high guy, a high lottery pick, you get the right free agent. It doesn't happen that simply. The Lakers signed LeBron James last summer and missed the playoffs. You still need the right team. You still need the right luck. You still need everything to bounce your way. Remember, the Lakers were prepared to walk out on the season and the emotions of the George Floyd shooting, they were ready to walk out on this season. And with so much going on inside the bubble, there were plenty of ways that this team could have broken, that they could have failed to achieve this goal. It's not impossible or improbable to say that. Every championship team, every team worth its salt has moments where it faces adversity. And Howard Screer has been full of it. He reached the top so quickly with a team that seemed to have its future in front of it then all of a sudden was taken away. LeBron moved to Miami. A new contender came in. The Magic's chemistry, which was so good in 09 and even better in 2010, to be frank, was disrupted by God knows what. And they could never get it back. They could never get that spark back. And Howard's career went from surefire Hall of Famer and you know beloved small market star to journeyman. It's a guy struggling to find his place in a league that changed from under his feet anyway. The, league, the Magic were successful because of Dwight Howard and the way that they played, but the way that they played suddenly undermined everything Dwight Howard did. And he couldn't find a place. He couldn't find a place that would be able to use him. And, and you know, again, Ego played a role for sure use him the way he wanted to be used. He needed to be humbled and accept a little bit less to be part of a championship team. But he's there now. He is a champion. Dwight Howard will forever be an NBA champion. And while certainly we all wished it would have happened with the Magic, I still think it is very fitting that it happened in Orlando. That it happened in this season where the Lakers were honoring Kobe Bryant after his tragic death in January. And with this team that took his title away from him in 09. Deservedly so. The Lakers were the better team. Everything came full circle for Dwight Howard. And I, for one, and you're free to disagree, I, for one, am happy that he has his Larry O'Brien trophy, that he has his championship ring. Because great players deserve championships. And Dwight Howard was certainly a great basketball player with the Magic. We're going to talk a little bit about what comes next for the NBA and, and, and my concerns as the NBA tries to build itself back up and get ready for the 2021 season. But before we do that... 
I need the energy to get through the rest of my day. I'm recording this at about noon. You know, you're, you, you probably do your workouts around noon. You're probably just preparing. You're probably getting ready to eat lunch. And if you need that little bit of energy boost, and certainly I needed a little bit today. One of the reasons I'm recording so late is I needed to get to bed early because I'm feeling a little bit under the weather. I'm feeling better now, though. I think it's just a little head cold. But to get through these days, to get through everything that needs to get done, you got to get the right energy bar to do it. And that's why I choose Built Bar. It is literally the best protein bar, best energy bar I have ever had. Usually those energy bars are all kind of chalky. You know, they, they taste, they, they're either like granola flavors or, you know, just yucky flavors, or they say they're like cookies and cream or whatever, and it doesn't quite taste right. You know, you, you know, you know you're eating a protein bar. You know you're eating something that's trying to trick you into saying, oh, this tastes good, but it's not. It's a protein bar. It's, yeah, it's disgusting. Built Bar is completely different from that. Built Bar actually tastes like what it says and actually tastes like a candy bar. It is literally the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. It comes in 18 amazing flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, all apple almond crisp, plus original flavors like German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, double chocolate, orange, coconut, and special strawberry flavor that's out right now for uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is literally, again tastes exactly like it says on the wrapper, which I don't think you get from most protein bars. Built Bars are great for the health-conscious person. Lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. Bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, high-fiber, great for keto diets. Special offer right now. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off at BuiltBar.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com podcast. Easier said, done. So, the NBA's bubble experiment is over. The 2020 season, a year after it had begun. I believe it would have been next week that the 2021 season would have started. Has come to an end. It was a lot to get this done. I, I, I really want to repeat this. The job that Adam Silver, Michelle Roberts, Chris Paul, Disney cast members at the, at the three hotels, uh, and throughout that whole, that whole complex who interacted with the NBA... The TV broadcasters, the players themselves, NBA, uh, everyone in the NBA offices that made this happen did an incredible job. An incredible job. Zero positive tests in more than 90 days inside the bubble. What they, along with the WNBA, the NHL, and yes, eventually the MLS in Disney as well, showed could be done when we take the virus seriously, when we put in restrictions and measures 
to maintain social distancing, to wear masks, to require masks. We can still do the things that we want to do and still interact with each other in significant ways. But we got to do it all together and we got to stamp this virus out. It is like, it is like a fire. You choke off the oxygen and the fire goes out. That's what the NBA did here. And again, credit goes to the NBA. I also want to make sure the WNBA and the NHL get their love for their successful bubbles. And again, even MLS, they had some intake problems where players tested positive on intake, but they were able to get through the MLS's back tournament successfully as well. Uh, that was only a month, but it was still a very successful tournament on that front. They were able to get their games in. This was an incredible undertaking that took a tremendous amount of sacrifice. And they got it done. Got it done without, with, with no problems. But unfortunately, the outside world did not get it done. The outside world, the world that we have lived in, has not been as insulated as this bubble. The coronavirus pandemic is still raging with cases beginning to increase around the country again. And, you know, unfortunately, and I don't care if you think this is political, our politicians and our leaders are racing to get things open to create normalcy before an election rather than doing the hard work and sacrifice that it takes to kill this thing off, to be done with it. And that includes our governor, Ron DeSantis, who I think has very foolishly decided to move us to phase three when you know, I, don't think we're, I don't think we're quite ready for it. And I'm hoping I'm wrong. I really do hope I'm wrong, but I, I'm, not, I'm not optimistic about, about where we're at as a country and, and certainly as a state in trying to get this thing taken care of and trying to get back to normal. And the NBA knows this too. The insulated world of their bubble is over. They can't ask the players to do it again. Three months was a lot. And I think when the players agreed to this, they, they agreed to it knowing that the finish line was in sight. Eight regular season games was enough to get them ready for the playoffs. And then the playoffs would be a two-month slog, but they could get through it. But I don't think they understood the amount of sacrifice and, and, the, and the turmoil that it would take to get this done. I, I really don't. I hope what I'm saying here isn't controversial because I think what the Milwaukee Bucks did was really important and I, and I think it was an incredibly strong statement. But I think part of why the entire league shut down over the George Blake shooting is, is definitely motivated out of the disgust and frustration over another black man being shot. But I think part of why the league had to shut down and, and just take a, take a step back and take a breath was everyone was just exhausted. And that was in the first round. That was just a month into this thing. Everyone, you, you could tell from listening to Magic players at the end of their bubble experience when they were when they were getting ready to leave, just how worn out they were and how exhausting the whole thing was. I don't blame the Lakers. I don't blame the Clippers. I don't blame anyone for wanting to leave at that point. Because there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on in the world that was much more important that the that NBA players have become leaders on and, and driving the discussion and, and, and getting people to pay attention, which is what people in, the, in that position should be doing. But they were just exhausted mentally and emotionally, and it was tough. I mean, Paul George said it best, you know, criticize him for his play all you want. 
Paul George said it best. There have been battle. There were definitely some battles with depression throughout that entire campus, and and there's no way in hell the NBA should ask these players to do that for a full season, it, it, especially if they plan to play 82 games. There's just no way they could do this. They could do this again. But the prospects of getting a season done on the outside are looking grimmer and grimmer. MLB is getting to the end of its season. It is its success. It you know, had some hiccups early on. There were players that tested positive that maybe didn't take the the social distancing guidelines seriously and, and didn't take everything seriously, tested positive for coronavirus, and they had some major they you know, they had some major outbreaks that they struggled to get under control, but eventually did. And really since August to now, baseball has had no problems. They had put teams traveling to home stadiums, kept keeping everything as regional as they could before going to the playoffs and putting everyone inside kind of campus sites and bubbles. The playoffs have been played with both teams staying at the same hotel and playing in the same neutral site stadium. And it looks like baseball is going to get to its World Series and crown its champion. So there is hope that teams will be able to travel and play again. But the NFL hasn't been as successful or as lucky. And the NFL had all the time to figure this out. They were in their offseason when the pandemic hit. They had an entire offseason to figure out how are we going to play our games in the middle of a pandemic. And frankly, they dropped the ball. And the Players Association hasn't been happy with some of the guidelines. And the guidelines haven't always been clear. And now you have the Tennessee Titans in a full-on outbreak. Unable to play their games. Unable to open their facility. And other teams have had outbreaks too, with the Patriots having a few positive tests. Um, the the Chiefs have had some issues. The Bears have had some issues. You know, not enough to cancel games, but certainly a problem. MLS has tried to resume its its games at home stadiums. And they've had hiccups on their way too. Several games have been postponed because of positive tests. And just this weekend, an Orlando City first team player tested positive for coronavirus. And while the rest of the team had returned consecutive negative tests, a Columbus crew, crew, a member of the Columbus Crew's traveling party tested positive, causing the postponement of Sunday's game. It is not yet clear whether Orlando City will be able to play Wednesday's game against NYCFC or when they will be able to resume their season. But again, it's easy to see when you don't have full control over where players are, the virus will find its way in. There is no perfect solution now to playing games. The benefit the NBA has now is time. Back in March, the NBA decided to take its a pause. They, they said, we are taking a pause until this date, and then we will reevaluate things. But they had the finish line in sight. They needed to play these games for financial reasons, and the players understood that, and they made the sacrifice to save their, their season's finances, their league's finances. But the question will be whether they can do that again. And now the NBA has time. The offseason gives them time to evaluate, to figure out a plan, to come up with something. And knowing how much detail the NBA put into this plan for the bubble, they will put that detail into whatever plan they come up with for the 2021 season. But at this point, it is not clear what that plan is or how the NBA will be able to execute it. And frankly... A lot of that is going to have to do with how the virus progresses now, with whether, with whether this country is able to bring the numbers down 
again and put a stop to this. There's the one thing the NBA doesn't has that those other leagues don't is they play indoors. And the virus spreads much quicker indoors than it does outdoors. It can still spread outdoors, but an indoor, an indoor setting is a higher risk factor. The NBA, for its financial purposes, certainly wants to have fans, if only a limited number of fans, in their buildings when games resume. And figuring out a way to make that work, to make that happen, is going to be a huge challenge. The NBA will have the benefit of watching what worked for MLB, what worked for NFL, what worked for college football, what worked for MLS. They'll have the benefit of watching and seeing and learning from these other leagues. But I have to say, sitting here today, a January start still feels so far away and still feels too risky to get done. A January start at this point feels like a lot of work is going to have to be done to get where this te- this league needs to be. And it's not going to be easy. I would say this. I think the future still looks very grim for the 2021 season. I don't think the NBA can feel comfortable resuming quite yet. Now, obviously, we have an off-season. We have a few months to get there, and conditions will hopefully change. But there are a lot of problems to solve. And a lot of things that are out of the NBA's control to solve to get us ready for the 2021 season. This might be the last basketball we see for some time. That's the honest truth. This might be the last time we see basketball for three, four, maybe five months. Because this pandemic is still going, is still ravaging this country. And we all have a lot of work to do to do our part to get basketball back and to get basketball in a place where it can return in the way that everyone wants it to. Because they can't do this bubbles experiment again. And maybe there will be some ideas for little mini bubbles over weekends or whatever, but they can't do this again. It, it, it costs too much emotionally for the players. But knowing the NBA, they will find a way to make it work and to assess and balance all the risks and come up with a plan to push this league forward. What that plan is, I can't say right now. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, Google Play, Spotify, and all the places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. That's going to do it for me today, though. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Until next time, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossenreich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic.
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.